guys. It's another episode of your new favorite podcast, Whips Whatever Happened To, where today we are going to take you back to the year 2012. That was a year in which the music world and the world at large were absolutely shocked at the drug-related death in February of the legendary singer Whitney Houston. She was only 48, and to tell you the truth, that is still shocking today. Also, it was the year that Facebook issued its initial public offering of stock at $38 a share when the offering launched in May, although it was down to 17 bucks a share by that September. Little side note, safe to say it's rebounded quite a bit since then, and if you had invested $5,000 in Facebook stock when it was trading at $17, you would have more than $76,000 worth today. Did you get in on that? Me neither. And 2012 was also the year that Barack Obama was elected to a second term as President of the United States. His campaign was headquartered right here in Chicago, in fact, right here in the Prudential Building, in which I'm standing right now. He defeated former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney in the general election. Romney, by the way, has since gone on to become a U.S. Senator from Utah. And 2012 was also the year that you could not turn on the mix or any decent radio station in America without hearing one of the three monster hits released that year by a band called Fun. That's lowercase F-U-N with a period on the end. It's actually how they spell it. And just from that alone, you can tell they're a little bit quirky, right? But before we get to Fun's One Hot Year, let's backtrack a little bit to tell you who they are. Vocalist Nate Roos formed the trio Fun in New York City in 2009 after the breakup of his previous band, which was called The Format. He hooked up with musicians Andrew Dost and Jack Antonoff, and as Fun, they put out an album called Aim and Ignite. It did not produce any real hits. It did manage to reach number 71 on the U.S. album charts and received a decent amount of love from critics, although the Public at large didn't really know about it. For example, one critic said Aim and Ignite was the most essential pop album of the year, 2009, while the Washington Post compared what they called its theatrical sound to the debut album from another band you've heard of, Panic at the Disco. And maybe coincidentally, and maybe not, those two groups, Panic and Fun, would later put out a joint single together called Come On, and they would also tour together. Now, that was in 2011, just before the release of the new fun single called We Are Young, which would eventually reach anthem status. The song We Are Young first gained mass attention from its use on the show Glee, and then it was used in a Super Bowl commercial in early 2012 for the Chevrolet Sonic. Then the song became a phenomenon, first reaching number one on the digital charts, then the main U.S. Hot 100, which it topped for six straight weeks. And believe me, it was not just here. We Are Young went to number one in Australia, Austria, Canada, Iceland, Ireland, Israel, Mexico, Poland, Portugal, Scotland, and the UK. The next year, it would win the Grammy for Song of the Year, while also being nominated in both the Record of the Year and Best Pop Duo Group Performance categories. At that same Grammy show, the band, Fun, was also named Best New Artist, by the way. We Are Young would also spawn a parody song and video by a comedy group called Apartment 46. It was called We're Not Young.
Now, if you thought that was fun, the guys in fun totally disagreed, and they went on the record with their displeasure at that parody, not because they thought it was disrespectful or anything, but just because they thought it was simply not funny. Oh, well. Anyway, in most cases, a song like We Are Young being a huge hit with a band that had previously been unheard of might turn into your typical one-hit wonder story, where the band has one big song and then goes away never to be heard from again. But in Fun's case, they were not done with We Are Young. That was the first of three huge singles from their 2012 album, Some Nights. The second of them was the title track, Some Nights, an up-tempo song which hung around on the Hot 100 chart for seven months months. That's why it was on your radio all year long, as it reached the top three in the States, reaching platinum status here, while reaching number one in Australia, Israel, and New Zealand. Not as many countries as the other song, but still very, very good. Now, some critics used Roos's vocal performance in that song to draw comparisons between him and the late Freddie Mercury of Queen. More on that in a minute. Now, after that, they followed up with the uplifting track Carry On, with its message of inspiration in lyrics, in the chorus when you're lost and alone and you're sinking like a stone carry on and if you get the moment just right i defy you to listen to that song without having a little bit of a tear come to your eye now that song was only a top 20 hit but it did still end up selling over a million downloads and was the song that the band memorably performed with rain coming down on stage even though it was indoors at those 2013 Grammys. So with all that success with both fans and critics, we could not wait back then for what fun was going to put out next. Well, we are still waiting. So at the height of Fun's reign, Nate Roos also sang on one of the biggest songs of the entire year of 2013, Without the Band. You probably remember the song Just Give Me a Reason, a duet with Pink, which he also co-wrote. That song was meant to be sung only by Pink, but she convinced him to create and sing a male part. And so it became a duet. And we know that story not only because he's told it before in interviews, but because he relayed that to our mixed audience when he played our Concert for the Kids event in Rosemont back in 2015 as a solo artist. Anyway, Just Give Me a Reason as sung by Nate and Pink really, really worked. Going to number one in the U.S., Australia, Austria, Canada, Germany, Italy, New Zealand, and Sweden, and was everywhere, and I do mean everywhere, that entire year. But now, back to fun. The band performed with the members of Queen a couple times in 2013. Remember how somebody compared Nate's voice to Freddie Mercury's? Apparently, Queen thought the comparison was valid. Anyway, they put out a live vinyl release in 2013, and and performed one new song on Jimmy Fallon in 2014 before releasing a statement on their official Facebook page in February of 2015. It said right off the top, first and foremost, fun is not breaking up, which as soon as you read that, maybe you say, hmm, I wonder if this band is breaking up. They probably are. Well, I don't know if that was the reaction at the time or not, but the reaction to it was more along the lines of this is simply a hiatus. The statement went on to say the three guys were all coming out of other bands when they decided to start the group, that the members exist as three individuals who come together when they feel inspired to do something collaborative. The statement also pointed out that Nate was working on a solo album. Andrew was scoring movies, and Jack was working with Bleachers, his other band. So all of that meant that fun, supposedly, was not splitting up. They were just taking, as you might say, in any relationship, 
a little bit of a break. Now, soon after that, Nate Roos put out that solo album called Grand Romantic, which did have one minor hit called Nothing Without Love, but basically came and went without making any dent in pop culture at all. And since then, his appearances have been sporadic at best. He did some work with ex-Beach Boy Brian Wilson. He collaborated with Beck and Wilco's Jeff Tweedy. He even worked with Pink again. Did you know that Nate Roos co-wrote another song that I'm sure you do know, the track Walk Me Home? He also worked with Kesha and Halsey on some of their projects. And he did some work early in 2020 with one of the members of his original pre-fun band, The Format. Now, Roos is also in a long-term relationship with a member of one of pop culture's most prominent families. He and British fashion designer Charlotte Ronson began dating back in 2014, and now they have two kids together, a son named Levon, who is three, and a daughter named Olympia, who is one. Charlotte is the sister of superstar DJ songwriter producer Mark Ronson of Uptown Funk and Shallow fame, and the sister of superstar DJ producer Samantha Ronson. And if you can keep all this straight, if you're still following, Charlotte Ronson's stepfather is classic rock guitarist Mick Jones, who still leads the band Foreigner to this day. And so I'm going to guess it was that connection that led to Nate's collaboration with the band Foreigner on a reworking of their classic 1980s hit, I Want to Know What Love Is. They did that in 2016. And by the way, with those two little kids at home, we know that Nate and Charlotte have to be plenty busy. While Nate was the most visible member of Fun as the lead singer, Andrew Dost was known as the quiet one because cliche though it may be, every band has to have somebody in it who's known as the quiet one. So he has gone on to write and record a little bit of solo work while writing scores for TV and movies. But one of his gigs during the post-fun hiatus caught our attention big time. Andrew Dost of Fun has spent some of his time since the band went on hiatus writing music for Dog TV which is a channel that your dog is supposed to watch in order to stay calm and reduce anxiety while you're not home. Andrew told ABC News that the goal of Dog TV and his music on it is to keep your dog from chewing your couch. He even had research that showed what instruments dogs like to hear. To quote Andrew, they like piano, harp, and vibraphone, nothing too piercing. Hasn't your dog told you this? He said he didn't know if the dogs were touched or emotionally moved by his music, but he took it as a good sign that they didn't run away. And then there is Jack Antonoff, who has probably been the most visible member of fun since the hiatus began. First of all, in terms of personal life, Jack was half of a pretty famous celeb couple from 2012 all the way through 2017 when he was dating Lena Dunham, the creator and star of HBO's Girls. And they would go to award shows together and do a lot of stuff and always be covered by gossip sites. Antonoff also leads his own band, Bleachers. And under that name, he's put out a couple of studio albums and a few more singles. He also plays in a trio called Red Hearse, because why not? That debuted in 2019, but it's his work as a behind-the-scenes guy that has made Jack a true music biz heavyweight. He has worked on some of the biggest music of the past six or seven years, including albums by Lana Del Rey, St. Vincent, The Chicks, formerly the Dixie Chicks. They just changed the name a little while ago. Go check the news stories if you don't know why. And most importantly, four of the biggest albums by maybe the biggest artist there is, Taylor Swift. He's got production credits on 1989, 
Reputation, Lover, and the just-released Folklore album, which set all kinds of records when it was released. Raising kids, writing songs for dogs, working with some of the biggest names in music on some of the biggest songs you know, that's what the guys in fun are up to now as their so-called hiatus goes on and on and on. Now, if you're like me, can you tell I'm a fan? You might be able to tell that. I like them. I hope at some point they get together and bring the hiatus to an end and prove that they really have not broken up. I not only could use some more fun, I think a lot of people say that, I could really use some more fun music. So that is Whips Whatever Happened To for this week. Let me know any suggestions on people you'd like to look into. We'd be happy to do it. Email me at whip at WTMX.com or just DM me through our social media sites. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, Whips Whatever Happened To. We will see you next time on Whips Whatever Happened To podcast. And please listen every single morning to Eric in the Morning on The Mix. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.